Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, clinical psychologist, relationship coach, love expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, and athletic wear connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. I have great news. I want to let you know the ESL program is open for application. I have helped hundreds of women inside of this program move towards secure attachment and learn how to attract their soulmate partnership. I'm not telling you this to brag. I really want you to know that I know exactly where you are at right now, and I know how to get you to where you want to go. Right now, you might be investing in relationships that seem like they go nowhere, might be completely frustrated with the dating scene. You may be experiencing low self-worth, anxious attachment or avoidant attachment, and you may just want to give up altogether on ever attracting that healthy relationship that you know deep down you do deserve. And if where you want to go is, hey, you want to be able to date confidently You want to show up as that securely attached version of you with high self-worth who takes care of herself and the person who can also attract and maintain that healthy, great relationship. If that's where you want to be and you're not sure how to get there, I want you to know I can help you. The ESL program is a proven framework. We've helped hundreds of women And right now, when you join, you get access to a very special offer that I'm not sure we'll ever do again. You will get a bonus month in the program. So that's extra time to ensure that you get to exactly where you want to be. So if you're ready to get off the dating roller coaster for good and move to that securely attached woman I want to personally invite you to apply now to the ESL program. The link to apply is in my Instagram bio, and it's also in the show notes. I can't wait to see you inside of the program. All right, it's your host, Dr. Morgan. And fun fact, I was looking for a song that would kind of go with the theme of this episode, but I couldn't really find one. And I'm sure there are so many, and I'm sure after I do this episode, I'm going to listen to the radio and a million songs will come on that would fit. But right now in this moment, I couldn't find one. (laughs) But if you listen to this episode and you're like, hey, there's a song that would totally go with what you're talking about, let me know. Send it to me in a DM on Instagram at Dr. Morgan Coaching. I would love to hear Um, I always thought it would be a fun hobby to just listen to the latest music that's out 
and then try to understand the attachment styles in action and what's going on and what attachment strategies are being used. But clearly I'll have to wait on that. But doesn't that sound fun? Occasionally on an episode, I could say, and look, in Doja Cat's latest release, we can understand that she's talking about an anxious attachment style as evidenced by XYZ lyrics, right? Wouldn't that be fun? Anyways, that's what I was trying to do. It didn't happen. It'll happen in the future. Uh, But if you listen to this episode and then you have a song that fits, send it to me. All right. This is an important one. I am going to talk about avoidant attachment strategies. And I've been thinking a lot about avoidant attachment and how it plays a role in closeness and sabotaging intimacy and how people with avoidant attachment strategies can start to move towards secure attachment. I myself have experienced both anxious attachment and avoidant attachment strategies and sometimes happening at the same time, which can also be understood as disorganized attachment. And I can tell you that disorganized attachment is incredibly painful and avoidant attachment has this reputation of people confusing it with narcissistic personality disorder or narcissistic traits or the commitment phobes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Men typically get labeled with it, but avoidant attachment is so much different than, than all the ways it's understood There's so much that's going on at the core of avoidant attachment strategies. And for yourself, whether you have taken attachment quiz, which by the way, I have one in the link in my bio on Instagram, you can take your attachment style quiz and and find out, okay, where do I fall? And what I like about the quiz that I developed, it'll give you a percentage. So it'll say, Okay, you're 75% avoidantly attached, 25% secure. So anyways, go do that. Um, What was I saying? Oh, just love that this podcast is live sometimes and unscripted. (laughs) But that's how y'all get the best from me. So it's happening in the moment. Um, With avoidant attachment, that's right. It gets a bad reputation It's so much deeper than that. There's a lot to be understood about why it's showing up and whether you have avoidant attachment or you're in a relationship with someone who has avoidant attachment strategies. um, It's really important to understand it. So I want to take today to do a little bit deeper dive on avoidant attachment. And we all have these strategies. The question is how how often do you use them? So all humans have avoidant attachment, anxious attachment, and secure attachment strategies. And the best way to understand ourselves is to know, well, okay, which strategies do I use most often? So this will help you whether 
Avoidant attachment is your main strategy or not. And I just want to talk about the core of it real quick. So understanding that most people with avoidant attachment, it developed out of a need to survive by using independence and essentially dissociating from emotional experience. When avoidant attachment is developed, it usually means there was a dismissive, critical caregiver, or there there was a caregiver that was very controlling or potentially uninvolved, but then when they were present, they were very critical, very controlling. Um, We can see this with some parents who simply don't have the time and resources to show up and be in tune with their kids and provide the support, and the parent may be showing up and when they are present, all they're doing is talking about how their kids should have got better grades or they should be doing X, Y, Z, or why are you so lazy, et cetera. Very dismissive and, and critical caregiver. And what happens is the child still needs a caregiver because it's a child. So in order to maintain the relationship with the caregiver, the child is forced to become incredibly independent, to take care of themselves, and to tune out from their emotions because if they were in tune with their emotions, it would be too painful to bear. Okay, so When we understand avoidant attachment from that lens and knowing that this really did develop out of a lack of support and out of the necessity to not feel, because if they did feel, it would have been too overwhelming, you start start to see the person as, wow, they haven't had a relationship where they can express their emotions and be heard, where they can get support, right? They haven't had a partner who wasn't critical or a caregiver who wasn't critical. So anyways, understanding avoidant attachment at the core. And I want to just look at some of the strategies. And there's one I want to talk about in particular, because I think this one doesn't get talked about enough. So let's talk about this. Avoidant attachment strategies. And the first one I want to talk about is devaluing. And yes, this also is a strategy used by narcissists and can show up in narcissistic personality disorder. The difference between NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, and and avoidant attachment is an NPD, a narcissist's goal is to control you and they have no empathy for you. So they're manipulating you. So they're putting you down. They're devaluing you because it helps them get control over you when when you don't value yourself. So that's the intent with a narcissist. When it's avoidant attachment, 
The intent is distancing. The intent is I don't feel safe being close to you. I feel too vulnerable. Let me distance. So it becomes about distancing instead of control over you. So that's a very important distinction, okay? And devaluing is really interesting. So let's say you have avoidant attachment and you are in a relationship that's going pretty well. You're six months in and you find yourself opening up and you're getting really close. You're really enjoying the person. And then you have a fight. And what happens? Number one, to feel those conflict emotions too overwhelming for you because you were not able to feel emotions in your early experiences. So even to acknowledge the conflict is happening, incredibly overwhelming for you. Number two, it starts to make you question, oh my gosh, am I good enough? Can I, the, here's something people don't know about avoidantly attached people. They constantly feel like they can't be good partners. They're constantly criticizing themselves because they were criticized so much. They're also criticizing, I don't think I can be a good partner. Okay, so conflict's bringing that up for them. So they, they don't want to feel the emotions. They're saying, okay, I'm not a good partner. And it also gives them the easy way out of saying, whew, that intimacy was super, super uncomfortable anyways. Thank goodness this conflict is coming up because I can stop this closeness. I can stop the, the intimacy and us getting closer together. So... What happens, you have that conflict, it feels all those things, the avoidantly attached person may start to devalue the relationship by saying things like, oh, that's such an issue. I can't believe that the argument about the dishes is going to happen three times in a row. That is just unacceptable. I guess we can't be together. So essentially saying that the relationship is not going to work out for something as small as the argument about the dishes. But guess what? It's not really about the dishes. It's all those other things I mentioned, right? That fear that's coming up. I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to navigate conflict. Um, The fear of, I don't even think I'm a good partner. And then the fear of, whew, it was feeling too good. It was feeling too close. Anyways, this conflict and devaluing the relationship allows me to stop my dependence on it or it allows me to stop my emotional investment. So how this might look is if you find that you and your partner are in a conflict and one of you is getting to the conclusion of, oh my gosh, I just think we have to break up. Like this is never going to be repaired. And it feels as though that reaction is out of, um, out of, is, is disproportionate, disproportionate to what had happened. 
you are bumping up against some avoidant attachment strategies, okay? Here's what's going to be really, really helpful with this is to slow down and allow the avoidantly attached person to take some time to process what's going on um, and then to talk about it. So to be able to have a corrective experience, right? Because growing up, they didn't have those experiences where conflict was talked through, emotions were expressed, etc. So slowing down and talking through the conflict while reassuring the person that everything's okay. Okay. So that's devaluing and it can come up in many ways. So I talked about like devaluing the relationship as in second guessing, is this the right relationship for me? Other ways are, oh my gosh, I just don't know about this person. Like, Are they ever going to insert whatever problem you found? Or, man, I just don't like how they go out with their friends every Friday. Like devaluing can come up, can come up as finding whatever thing um, it, it is that bothers you and kind of amplifying that thing. So, so you can say, oh, I just don't really know about this relationship. It's giving you it gives you a sense of, okay, uh, I am I am in control or this person is below me in some way. And there's some kind of comfort that comes from that. So obviously the way around it, slow down, take some space, and then talk through it, talk through the conflict. And you have to acknowledge, I mean, the first step is acknowledge what you're doing. Acknowledge, acknowledging, oh my gosh, things actually are going well. And I actually am scared that we're growing closer. And this conflict is scary to me. And I'm scared that I won't be able to show up in it. So I'm wanting to just find fault in the relationship because I'm scared I won't be able to do the work required to heal and grow through this together as a couple. That takes a lot of self-awareness. Okay, other strategies. I'm just going to talk about a couple more. So another thing that we do is fixing our partners. I talked about this as an anxious attachment strategy. This can also show up as an avoidant attachment strategy where instead of sitting with our partner in their emotions and being able to support them in what they're feeling, that feels too scary to us. It feels unfamiliar. We're afraid we won't be able to do it well. So we shift to problem solving we shift to problem solving. And it feels easier for us to do that. And it helps us with knowing, okay, I can be a good partner. And this is something tangible that I can do. Another another thing that happens with avoidant attachment is really 
compartmentalizing your emotions about the relationship or just dissociating from them all together and having this this feeling of I don't need to progress the relationship at all. I'm going to put that on my partner and I'm just going to um I'm going to allow the responsibility of deepening our connection to be my partner's responsibility. I'm going to completely lean out from that or I'm going to completely dissociate um, when it comes to how I feel about the relationship. And what's so interesting is I know a lot of women listening to this is like, okay, you're describing every man I've ever dated, the emotionally unavailable man. I want to say a very important thing here. This also happens with women. You can be a woman who is avoidantly attached. You can simply be doing this in different ways where you are in a relationship and instead of acknowledging what you really want or instead of um, allowing yourself to even feel connected or feel what you want, you cut yourself off from it or you distract yourself by taking on projects at work or taking care of your friends or taking care of your family. And you're simply just kind of showing up in the relationship, but you're not really present in it. So men and women both do this where you're in the relationship physically, but you're not mentally or emotionally, and you're not taking ownership for how you feel, and and you're not taking the initiative to deepen the relationship. So those are some avoidant attachment strategies. I spent the most time talking about devaluing because I think it's really important. And so many of us can find ourselves in this trap where you have a great relationship, things are going so good, And then the person disappoints you and all of a sudden you're like, oh, uh, I don't even know if I like them or geez, what about their, you know, X, Y, Z that's wrong with them, et cetera. I don't really like that they love baseball as much as they do. Your brain, instead of sitting in the discomfort of discussing the disappointment with your partner, your brain is saying, well, let's just pull away and not be this close because by being this close, it hurts. So your brain's going to automatically look for ways to devalue them. Okay. So you owe it to yourself to start to learn how to show up in relationships and fully feel your feelings and express them because that is the only way that you can maintain and deepen intimacy. This is when people talk about conscious, conscious coupling, intentional, intentional relationships. I've been talking about the intentionally happy ever after on Instagram. And and this is what I'm talking about. Allowing yourself to be aware of what you're feeling and then knowing how to show up and express it to your partner Instead of finding ways to justify 
pulling away. All right, y'all. I hope this episode was helpful, whether you yourself experience avoidant attachment strategies or you date people who do. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. And as always, I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk to you soon. You guys, thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way that you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram, Facebook, and making sure that you tag me at Dr. Morgan Coaching. And it would really mean the world to me if you took just two minutes to leave me a five-star review on iTunes. This podcast is not free to produce, And the more that you help this little show grow, the more people will have access to this valuable information. So until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.